Sonic Statesman.com. Hello and welcome to Sonic Talk number 51. Uh, this is going live on J- Thursday, June the 21st, uh, recording today on Wednesday the 20th. I'd just like to say thank you very much to, for everybody who are joining us. Uh, I know I'm, I'm, I'm quite frankly quite surprised after my disgraceful behaviour last week, but uh, I can only uh, really lay the blame at Dave Spears, who um, brought the champagne. <laughs> <laughs> I am the bad influence, yeah. <laughs> I'd first like to welcome Hans, a uh, non-Eric from Berlin. <laughs> How are you, mate? Hello, everyone. So uh, I noticed that you've launched your new musician's trading place. Perhaps you'd like to tell us a bit about that. Well, yes, we call it the studio job market. And it basically allows you to um, buy tracks of a session player via PayPal directly from within our recording software. So, Digitalmusician.net, I'd just like to point out. Yes, Absolutely. <laughs> And, of course, uh, Dave Spears, who's not actually in the studio this week. I think perhaps last week would be the final time that he's ever allowed in the room because of uh, the terrible influence he, he had on me. Yeah, school report. That's all it said on my school report. Actually, I, I'd just like to say at this point, how this, this is how slovenly I've become because I'm looking at an empty bottle of champagne and two glasses which are still on the table. Oh, you haven't even cleared it up. <laughs> that is terrible, isn't it? <laughs> Good lad. Well, you know. Anyway, well, I'd just like to say thank you, Dave, because um, I did have a great fun last week, and I'm sorry we couldn't go out on the... Uh, and our meeting in the pub had to be cancelled because I was straight into edit mode and uh, managed to get it done in time because I went on holiday mm. for a couple of days and it was, uh, it was most enjoyable. That's right, I went on my own. And, uh, of course, PJ Tracy from Minneapolis. Good morning, Nick. Um, well, uh, yeah, it, is what morning, <laughs> it isn't morning here. It's uh, 14.36, actually, uh, UK time. Uh, I guess it's probably... That means it must be 25 to 9 in, in your... In your money? Yeah, approximately. Okay, well, thanks for joining yeah. us again. Uh, and also, um, Mark Tinley, of course. Hello. Hey, Mark. Mark is uh, sporting back back on his Line 6 setup, because uh, you have a new computer, Mark. I have a, an Intel Mac now. I have to say, <laughs> I have to say, though, what a nightmare. Oh, dear. I, um, I used that Apple migration thing to bring all of my applications and everything into it and now yeah. every time i load an application it says please insert the master cd or where is your serial number or are you sure you want to add this to your keychain and it just everything has to be reinstalled anyway so what was the point of the migration it's just oh, I driving get, me mad slowly. i don't think i got that problem but maybe um i just haven't got that much software uh, i think mark you should have cloned it that would have worked a lot better uh, maybe the drive, yeah. yeah ah, there's a right. there's a nice program out there called. Let me. Just... Is it Carbon Copy Cloner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That works well. It does. Except I've been having I've been trying to back this drive up, and it's um it's got all these kind of permission problems on the destination drive. It won't write to it, which is not so good. Oh. Mm. I usually always format the destination drive and make a copy of everything onto the second drive, and that really worked really well. When yeah. I moved from one computer to the other, that was no problem. I need to do that, though. We all need to do that. Remember, yeah, folks. I mean, it was quite, ha- it was quite happy to bring the applications across, and it was quite happy to bring a lot of the settings. But things like drivers, suddenly I discovered that the driver wasn't installed for the Line 6. And then there was a whole load of underlying stuff it had installed for PowerPC only, and it just wouldn't work. I couldn't get Gearbox to load. Oh, really? Well, that's probably well, because it installed a non-UB version when, it, when you installed it yeah. on your... I mean, that makes sense. I think sense. The, the app was a UB app, but I think it relies on some underlying stuff in the frameworks 
folder in the in the system, which I eventually deleted and then managed to in, uh, to install a version that works now, obviously, or I wouldn't be using it. <laughs> well, apart from the uh, nightmare that is the migration to a new system, which we all you know know and love, how's the experience generally? Uh, good. I like it, actually. You, what I- did you get, Mark? What did you, from which machine did you come, and what's your new one? I went from a Mac uh, G4 PowerBook, uh, 1.6 something or another, 666, is it? I don't know. 6.7. Yeah, 1.67. It is actually 1.666, that processor, isn't it? But they're very careful not to um, put that in print. <laughs> but I went from computer. that, and I'm, no, I'm now on a 2.3... Gigahertz um, MacBook Pro. Core Duo. But they upgraded me one. They gave because the new one was coming out, and they couldn't give me a new one in time. They gave me a 17-inch one instead. So, oh, 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 lovely. I thought, I hate this. It's bigger. The form factor's bigger. I don't like it. And then I started using it, and then I went, wow, this is really cool. And now I've found out there's there's a higher definition screen as well. Now I'm sort of thinking, hmm. Well, next time. So I, I love it. I love this new screen and the size of it. And I've put parallels on it. So I've got Windows running at the bottom of the screen, Mac running at the top, Windows applications open at the same time as Mac ones, and I can drag and drop between them. So I'm sort of going like, wow, you know, a whole world of stuff that I'd left behind on the PC is now available to me. Fantastic. I know we do, I keep going on about it because uh, obviously as soon, as soon as the podcast is over, I copy the files across from my uh, trusty Zoom H4, which I record everything onto, uh, and I boot up Parallels, and I run uh, Windows XP at Vegas, and I edit in that while I've still got the window, the, the Mac side open, and it works fine. Right. So, Brilliant. Broken software, which was um, something you were experiencing, uh, could could be a con- tremendous link into our first item. A company called Newsofting has uh, have released something called the Broken Drum Machine, and it's it's fantastic, actually. Well, I don't know if it's fantastic, but it's a great concept. Um the Broken Drum Machine, or BDM, is a plug-in instrument designed for the musicians who love chaos. It's basically four drum pads like an old smart, small beatbox. But the creative power in the BDM is then all four broken sliders, one for each pad. With those sliders, you can set the amount of wild, weird, chaotic, and unpredictable variations to the sound, just like the circuits can go crazy in, inside old stuff. And um, uh, sadly, it's just a press release, but it, um, you know, the, it's to be, uh, to be announced in terms of pricing and, and availability. But considering how we've been talking over, over the months and uh, about this kind of circuit bent thing. Do you think this is a step in the right direction? I think it is, and I'm very excited, as always, <laughs> by these things. And I went and looked all around their website and actually couldn't find any mention of it at all. But No, I, um, could, I couldn't either. But I could find a lot of really interesting stuff, actually. They, they, they've got a whole bunch of plugins over there. I mean, a lot of them are Windows VST, but they've got a few um, audio units. In fact, the one that really took my... Uh, to my liking was the uh, something called the Hornet, which is like a wasp light. It's like a virtual um, electron EDP wasp. The only problem with that is that it doesn't run on universal binary, and there's oh, no exactly. Oh no! But yes, it's I've a- been I've been running that in Logic for a while on the Power PC, and obviously it's just stopped working. So. Oh, that's a shame. Well, they must be working yeah. on an upgrade, hopefully. Yeah, that's also one of my most uh, set, one of the saddest losses. When I moved from my G5 Dual to the uh, Intel Mac, that I couldn't use the the Hornet any longer because it's a discontinued product, but it's really, really great. And I even did a video podcast comparing it to the real Wasp. And, uh, well, 
it, you get a taste of the sound of a real wasp. Yeah. But obviously, the real one is a lot more, uh, much stronger sound. And, right. But it, it it definitely goes. It's got the character. So, and I I, I used it quite a lot, and I was really really sad to actually leave it behind. Oh, that is a shame. But uh, you always lose one. Uh, when you move up and migrate or upgrade your computer to a new operating system and Macs are really bad at that and I even did a, a podcast on Music Talk just on that subject it's called The Lost Equipment oh. where, I, where I go on and on about how, how in the modern world through the, um, the changes in the operating system you, you're losing old equipment and it's no way you, you either stick to your old system and keep everything or you have to part with with oh, yeah. the software that you really love and use a lot so I don't know PJ what did you make of their stuff did you get a chance to look at any of it and obviously it's more geared towards you because it's a window being a lot of their stuff's Windows VST so you're the lucky guy yeah no I, I actually didn't travel over to their website but I look forward to seeing what uh, what comes of the broken drum machine plug-in there's this sort of thinking is permeating a little bit into software and I know that um, you know like with bit bit reduction and what have you, you can just kind of degrade things. So, I mean, it's it's this seems to be just taking it and using it as a universal selling point rather than just an additional feature that you might expect. I want a voltage control because if, if all of this stuff that's modelled is modelled on components, the, the simplest way to make it go sort of into weird sounding would be to just turn the voltage right down. Yeah, maybe it, you're right. I'm wondering I'm just, if it's just going to be a, you know, a s- synthesis algorithms that create you know, that create these song- sounds or whether they're actually modeling components with- within the drum machine itself. Yeah, I'm not sure, to be honest. I mean, it may well be that. I mean, you look at some of their stuff and it's, it, it, it's they're sample-based. I mean, they do a lot of other things. They do a de- something called a groove analyzer, which is Windows VST, which is an audio-controlled drum synthesizer, like a, you know, vintage electronic drum, uh, drum, mach- drum tone generator, like, you know, Simmons or whatever. Uh, that looks kind of interesting. The uh, DK Plus, which is a 24 pr- programmable drum pad, six output buses. It's like a sample player by the by the looks of things. Uh, Marimka, which is a marimba and a balafon. Uh, the Hornet, obviously. And, um, you know, th- they've got quite a lot of things, and there's some free stuff. I mean, the, the Hornet was a free one, and they do some reverbs and other things. So a good resource if, 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 if only they keep their stuff up to date to work on, uh, you know, because I imagine with the move to Vista and obviously... Um, Intel Max, you know, a lot of their stuff might be kind of being left behind. So I wonder if they're going to get on the on the case and make it so. If you hear this, please, please, I need the Hornet for OS ten <laughs> Intel Mac. <laughs> okay, well, if they're listening, <laughs> then I'm sure they'll take it on board. I have a feeling that perhaps that won't be the only request they've been receiving in recent yeah, months. Yeah, can I request that as well? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking at my disabled plugins folder, and I've actually lost 24 AU plugins by moving to Intel. Oh, that's painful. Wow. It is, yeah. Mind you, isn't that going to make you more streamlined and svelte and kind of, you know, more on the ball? Probably. (laughs) I booted my OS 9 system yesterday, and that was kind of sad, because I realized, you know, I loaded Logic because I couldn't get something to work in 10 Pro Tools, actually, but... I realized that without VST plugins, I've lost masses of stuff by moving from OS 9 to OS 10. Yeah, well, doesn't Parallels allow... Could, can you boot OS 9 in Parallels? You don't suppose you can, no. can you? Oh, that'd you be can't shame. boot anything from OS 9 on an Intel Mac at all. No, I suppose not. You wouldn't be able to. Of course not. I have, I have this very same problem moving from Cubase SX3 to Cubase 4. 
um, they're no longer supporting DirectX, which is the native Windows plugin format. And I, I think I'll lose, uh, it's got to be 20, 25 plugins once I officially move over to Cubase 4. I've been sort of meandering that way. Uh, I have it installed on my laptop. But I can't. I can't bring myself to officially install it on my machine and switch on my desktop machine and switch over to using it uh, with all of my projects because there's just too many DirectX plugins that I use that I don't have as VSTs or that aren't made as VSTs. Well, I mean, a lot of people, you know, they're just staying where they where they're happy. You know, I mean, I heard a rumor that Moby still uses OS nine because you know. Mm. I know a lot of studios in Hamburg that still use OS 9. I, my, one of my uh, suspicions is that maybe because they use lots of cracked software <laughs> that's available on OS 9 and they don't get on OS 10, I don't know. Well, there is that, of course, um, I suppose. Dave, you've been very quiet. Yes. He's I... got his own nightmare switching to MacTales, right? Yeah. Nearly over. No, it was a joy. <laughs> it's made you stronger i'm sure yeah yeah bring on leopard even from one major uh, operating system update to another most of the plugins won't work and need to be updated it's really compare that to the um, um, intel platform i think the intel platform is much more compatible that will obviously change with vista 64-bit everything will be incompatible but in the past, it has been really well, uh, going really well. And I heard uh, that people got um, some uh, hacks to get the uh, Logic 5.5 PC version running on dual machines. Oh, oh wow. So, right. So even, even that program has been supported for years and years, and we've seen so many changes on the Intel platform. Uh, people are still able to run uh, Logic 5.5 on the latest um, uh, Intel machines. Right. No, that makes sense. That probably flies, actually. Absolutely. From New Softing, coming up soon, Broken Drum Machine. So uh, we'll start to see a little bit of, um, I don't know what we'll see, but we really look forward to it. And if you're interested in other stuff, they've got a kind of quite a major um, product range of software, free and otherwise. And it, even the stuff that's not free is actually quite reasonably priced. The new NN6 music production synthesizer from Yahoo! The 61 Note Portable Synthesizer with incredible sonic power based on motive tone generation, real-time audio control, USB connectivity, and computer integration. Bundled with Cubase LE audio and MIDI sequencing software. Create. Produce. Perform. With the affordable and versatile NN6 Music Production Synthesizer from www.mm6music.co.uk that was an ad there from Yamaha UK, very kindly sponsored the show. Um, also, you can win a Yamaha MM6 Minimo. Um, they very kindly donated one to celebrate the 50th podcast, and that competition is still open. Check the show notes for details. In the meantime, get yourself over to mm6music.co.uk and see what they sound like. An article on CNET, um, which was by uh, Natasha Lomas um, from silicon.com, wrote it for CNET, um, who was basically... Uh, um, telling us that in a survey of 100 female IT professionals by uh, IT training company The Training Camp, 67% said it is more difficult to get into the IT industry as a woman than to gain subsequent promotions once they have secured a tech job. Um, now, and that just got me thinking a little bit, because obviously in music you don't see, I mean, you see kind of quite a lot of players, right? But not that many people, you know, not that many in the engineering, production, um, you know, and other roles. And I just wondered whether anybody had 
worked with uh, any women in that role and whether um, perhaps that was a thing that was changing. I noticed when I did the gig at the Astoria with Fields of the Nephilim, actually, that both the house engineers were female. And they were very professional. Golf Rap's front of house engineer, um, a lady called Helen, um, she's, she was equally professional. And, you know, she, she toured with a lot of big, big acts. And there used to be a, 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 an engineer called Raina Shine, who um, did a lot of stuff with Vangelis. And she, I remember her coming down to a, cl- um, to a club that I used to be the house engineer at, and she was doing the sound for a band, and they were recording upstairs and stuff. But outside of that, I have to say, I'm, I, I kind of struggle to, to think of um, any other you know, other women in those kind of roles. And I wondered why that might be. Mm. Well, one thing I've noticed, Nick, I have some friends who teach at some of the um, musical colleges in town, and uh, there are a lot of younger women coming up through the engineering and production programs. So maybe maybe this will change. Right. Over the um, course we, of the next 10 years or so. In Germany, we have a, a discussion, a general discussion, that um, women and girls are... Um, being much better at school than the guy, uh, the, the boys, because uh, there's now it's more than 60% of the attendance of the high schools here in Germany are female. Right. And there's this big discussion that um, m- that the young males have a problem because they spend too much time in front of computers and playstations and playstation portables and um, another theory is that also that because we are in an age of communication uh, or the age of communication is happening right now with all this new technology and that uh, women are more fit at communication in general and that's why they will be better off in the future than males oh that's an interesting theory i mean i suppose you know traditionally guys in the same way that they're always the ones who uh, like the barbecue, they always tend to be the ones who kind of figure out how the remote works for the video or whatever. So, I mean, it, maybe it's a, it's a kind of it's a stereotypical kind of situation. So, therefore, women don't feel that their te- you know the technological roles are are you know naturally um, something they'd be good at. But I mean, I'm sure that's not the case. You know, I think that's definitely changing. Nick, my my fiance is a a, a little bit younger than me, and I've noticed in the in the um uh, younger generation of women that, you know, for, for instance, they embrace video games a lot more than say they did 15, you know, 20 years ago. I don't know, maybe I'm making a generalization here, but, uh, for instance, I, I mean, just personally, I dug out my, my Nintendo GameCube, which I haven't looked at in five years the other day and hooked it up and, uh, my fiance jumped on it and can't get enough of the, can't get enough of it right and my little sister um who's 13 years younger than me is is very tech savvy and uh you know i i think i think that's changing i think as as technology becomes an ubiquitous part of our well not that it ever hasn't been yeah but, you know as higher what we've considered in the past to be higher technology and the gaps and the ever increasing pace of technological expansion just becomes an ubiquitous everyday part of our lives i think uh women like everybody else on the planet will embrace it use it uh and become very very good and proficient at manipulating it yeah well maybe that's true i mean in terms of music side of things i mean i was just trying to think about who you know who who there are perhaps if role models are required you know who who's out there kind of produce i know there's kind of a few uh, female djs who are kind of pretty hip and quite big imogen imogen heap maybe would be one one person 
Yeah. Yeah. She, she's, is she technical? I don't know. Dave, you, you uh, know. She, yeah. She did her last album pretty much from the ground up doing, if you read any of the, uh, articles on how she put it together, she basically on credit bought a studio that she installed in her loft and, uh, program the entire album herself dave have yep. you uh have, have you got any experience in this area do you know it's weird i was trying to think um no i worked with a great producer engineer in sort of early 90s arabella rodriguez she did quite a lot of soul to soul stuff but she was brilliant but i haven't heard from her for you know in years do you think that perhaps the the kind of nature of the work uh, is less appealing you know being locked up in a this small is, room yeah this is where i was about to go i'm not so much sure about studios i think studios could be relatively appealing but i think the idea of being stuck in the back of a sweaty van with a whole load of stinking men for a woman to want to go on tour in that kind of environment and to do like um tech work on a tour would probably not be appealing at all yeah um i i suppose i mean or it might be kind of considered to be quite fun because there's a lot of girls in bands and it's you know there's not really you know yeah, but if being you're in a band's a little bit less grubby than being being on the um you know on the road as a tech isn't it i suppose but i suppose all i was trying to say is that if uh, there's a girl band on the road then girls might be more inclined to kind of join them from a tech point of view because it will be, Perhaps. you know, I don't know, that perceived as, as kind of more fun as, you know, girls on tour. I don't know. You know who else is very tech savvy is Rosie, Rosie Gaines. Right. Um, she, uh, she produces a lot of her own material in her own home studio. And, um, and she's extremely tech savvy. She used to call up, um, when I was working with Dana Bailey, who was her writing partner, um, we had a studio together in the late nineties and she would call us up all the time asking questions, you know, uh, trying to suss out software problems or OS migration problems. And she, uh, she was amazing. And she, mm. she put together all of her own records. Do you think maybe there's, um, a- a difference in approach to the technology because i mean obviously you know guys maybe have a uh i don't know whether it's left brain or right brain approach and maybe women approach it slightly differently so i mean if we had more women in the kind of creative production and engineering side of things we might be having some kind of much more fascinating and unusual sounding music records mm. Well, I can only say that um, our, our, the last uh, digital musician at uh, product manager, Ress, Micah, uh, she uh, quit working here because she went to uh, work with her band now. But she was very, very tech savvy, very, very good. Uh, her father was a programmer, and uh, she had a very, very good insight in all the everything connected with with software and she was very very good dealing also with the programmers and everything i'm very very sad to uh, let her go actually now you've mentioned now you've mentioned that actually your um rival company e-session is run by a woman called gina isn't it and she's quite an interesting lady to talk to that's true yes this article goes on to say that you know it's actually people it's partly a perception uh, issue about, you know, the idea of programming and working in technology. You know, people sort of assume it's all kind of geeky and dull. But in fact, you know, it can be incredibly creative. And that's something that is quite often overlooked. Can it? <laughs> I mean, if I talk about my partner, Gina, another Gina, not the same Gina that's got anything to do with e-session. My partner works for Siemens Business Services, and she basically has control over all of the servers that run BBC the BBC technology side of things. Right, that's a pretty major but she, role. But she will sit for hours and hours and hours with all these reporting 
programs and spreadsheet software and things that I'd, are so beyond me that I have absolutely no idea what she's doing. I mean, it's real in-depth sort of programming and accounting and uh, something called Alteris and another thing called Mom, a Microsoft thing. I mean, she's, you know, really deep into very high-level IT and very, very clever. I think women are far more sensible to be sat in front of a computer all day long. Well, <laughs> maybe, but I mean, they are, I mean, you know, the, lots of lots of women are, as well as men are performing secretarial, secretarial roles, and that is basically the same thing. You know, it's not a typewriter anymore, it's a word processor and internet and email and all what have you. So it's all part of the general kind of modern office, I suppose. Yes, I'm just being very sexist. <laughs> Yeah, I know that real world, real world, uh, there are at least a couple of uh, female assistants. They always take on uh, assistants that then graduate on to do uh, engineering, and they've kind of worked on major records or whatever. So, I mean, I guess it's a sort of giving the opportunities and encouraging people to do it. I suppose is is probably just as valid. I think it all goes. I'm sure. I'm absolutely certain. In fact, I mean, when you talk about female assistants assistant's job is the worst job in the world. I mean, you have to be there two hours before the act and clean the studio up and, you know, set everything up and then you're there all day and making tea for people and running and basically learning bugger all and then, you know, that you're there for several hours at the end and if, if you're lucky, you get to go home. If not, you sleep on the couch. I can't see many of the women that I know, even the even the ones that would put up with that kind of stuff, you know, people that go camping and things, that would um that would be able to deal with that because they I don't know, they're cleaner than men, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I mean men just will go for days without washing and not really care too much about it and shave when they can. But women seem to want that kind of creature comfort thing and well, and perhaps. let's face it, we don't have very very interesting theory. Very interesting. If there's any female programmers out there, let me know. Call us, because I think with a logical brain and the ability to juggle many things, they'd be perfect. Well, there you go. Can you can you employ one to do circuit bending of your mini monster? <laughs> <laughs> Get in touch with the Howard Hughes in you. Now, the... Uh, the handler, and it's basically a key ring with a kind of hook that comes out that's obviously quite strong that you can use for kind of opening toilet doors and, you know, things like that, so you don't actually have to touch them. And the, the uh, it's made of, uh, it's got rubber and plastic components that are insus- infused with nanosilver particles that will effectively kill 98% of all single-celled organisms, including bacteria. We've all worked in studios or on tour with people who have very particular kind of... Uh, uh, hygienic or or otherwise requirements, and I just wondered if it would yield any interesting stories with names uh, omitted to protect the innocent, of course. No, I can't think of any. Can't <laughs> oh, <fuck>. either. <laughs> no, I couldn't. <laughs> I confess, I couldn't either. I, I think it's a fantastic <laughs> thing. I like it, and and the idea of having the nano silver in there is actually quite. Um, it makes a lot of sense because in. And well, you were talking about the last century, possibly the one before that and leading into the last century. Colloidal silver was a uh, sort of a the antibiotic that you got given before penicillin came along. So, oh, really? Uh, which, yeah, it's sort of like um, silver particles in water. So you would drink that if you'd got flu or whatever. I don't know. I know it's supposed to sort of do for the bacteria. It's supposed to be a better antibiotic than modern antibiotics, and 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 
medicine seems to be moving back towards it. And last the plast. They've got plasters with silver in again now. I, don't, I mean, I suppose the thing with, with something like this, I mean, I don't know, every time I go to London and I go on the tube, I've come up with conjunctivitis or some sort of, you know, disease some sort of minor virus or illness that I've kind of picked up from some surface or whatever. So I suppose, you know, people who live in uh, crowded cities are going to be um, gravitating towards this kind of thing a bit more. I think that they discovered that it had antibiotic properties because in many years ago when only royalty could afford to eat with silver plates and drink out of silver goblets, um, none of them got sick. But all the sort of peasantry used to get like the dysenteries and the Black right. plague, even maybe or whatever, but the the sort of the royalty didn't get sick, and one and something that happens if you ingest a lot of silver is that your skin and your blood goes blue. Apparently, it blue. So, so that's why the royals were called blue bloods because they literally had blue blood when you cut them open. That'd be a heck of a lot of silver you had to scoff. <laughs> I don't know how much you have to, how much of a dosage you have to take for you to go blue, but it is there's a skin condition that happens if you take too much silver i mean i know all this because my ex-wife was really into alternative health medicines and stuff and whenever the kids got sick she'd be like colloidal silver they're not having antibiotics and you know we'd have to drink all this vile tasting metallic stuff did it work actually it did yes it does work sounds expensive though it is expensive it's quite difficult to get as well you can't just walk into boots and buy it I'd like some silver to drink, please. (laughs) You can make it if you've got an electrolysis kit and some distilled water and you put a piece of silver in and connect it to a battery and stuff and it infuses the water with silver particles. Good Lord. So I wonder if, you know, if you keep this thing in your pocket, you know, fondle it as you're apt to do with key rings, um, whether your hands go blue. (laughs) (laughs) that would be a terrible byproduct but anyway if you're interested um the handler fits an extra fit finger and you can get it for 10.95 uh i'll put the link in the show that's dollars so it doesn't seem that pricey i'll put the link in the show notes if anyone has to have one has anybody heard anything good lately and i thought i'd start off because um a, a few weeks ago we did this um news item of this band called punk disco i found a youtube video and i'm gonna play it The reason I put that in is also one of the reasons I put the news item up about it um, was that they. It seems to be in the video anyway that it just uses almost an entirety an electron mono machine. And I sent the link to Daniel Hansen, who's um, you know in charge of electron, and uh, and he thought it was great too. And then I listened to a few other things on the site, and it's great. I mean, it's 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 kind of this punk disco thing, which is kind of very loud basses, as far as I can tell, and um, this singer who just sort of really couldn't care less. I'm so I'm so bored of these you know really loud repetitive drum beats. To hear something else too loud is absolutely you know really refreshing. 
I love the fact that that bass was so loud. I really liked it. I mean, I don't know what the mix is like in, you know, in reality, but down Skype, that sounded fantastic. Well, no, it's even better. Um, is it? Yeah, if you go so and check you it. to send me the link. Yeah, well, I'll put it in the show notes. It's uh, it's uh, punkdisco.co.uk, um, spelled as you'd expect it. Um, and that's that's something. I know the other thing I bought the other day was the White Stripes album. I know everybody's going on about it. Icky Thump. And that sounds fantastic, man. God, I don't know if anyone's heard that. I mean, I'm not a big fan of theirs, but the sound of it, it's just rocktastic. It's full of the most amazing riffs kind of recorded with great kind of analogness, and it just sounds brilliant. So that's my Who produced that record, Nick? Uh, Jack White. Uh, yeah, I've got it. It's rather funny. There's a picture of them on the front um, dressed as pearly kings and queens, which... Uh, <laughs> for the life of me, I can't figure out why. Um, I mean, I know they spend a lot of time in the UK... Or I think they do, so maybe that's it. Well, I think I completely misunderstood what you what you were asking for in the show notes, and I found a very interesting jet bicycle on YouTube, <laughs> okay. which has got nothing to do with music at all. But it sounds interesting. It sounds good. <laughs> it sounds amazing. You know, you know what a rally shopper is, don't you? It's a twenty-inch wheeled shopping bike with a basket on the front. Oh yeah, and has it got a fold in the middle, a bend in the middle? It does have a fold in the middle, and on the back of it, he's strapped a jet engine, which he's made himself, and he fires the thing up, and you just it's so loud, and then he sails off down the road on it. Sails off? Him, or flies off down the road on it. You know what? I, al- I always fancied having a garden large enough that I could have a jet engine somewhere in it, because lo- it never ceases to amaze me how those things work. After that, slight misunderstanding. Anybody else have any uh, anything to contribute to the Heard Anything Good Lately topic? Well, uh, I know that at the Apple Developer Conference, a new logic was shown to some developers. Ah, really, really, really? And what can you tell us about this? Nothing. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be fined $2 million. Ah, of course. The, the... And they come into my office and they pull out all the Macs and they strip me naked. I'm sure they would. Whatever. Whatever they do, no, I know that uh, it's definitely been shown, and um, but on the highest uh, level of secrecy, and uh, supposed to be released in Europe in August. Well, it doesn't. But su- never know. Yeah, well, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff coming. I mean, I've heard you know there's all sorts of functionality coming to Final Cut Pro, sort of multi-track stuff going into soundtrack and all that thing. So they're obviously disseminating the technology and kind of you know developing it on multi-stratas and all that sort of yeah. nonsense. PJ. Yeah. Um, Monday night, I went to see uh, Hiromi perform at the Dakota Club here in Minneapolis, and uh, that was outstanding. It was one of the very best shows that I have ever seen in my entire existence on the planet. He's the the sort of um, the, the the genius, uh, prolific. Um, is she Japanese? She is Japanese. Um, She studied at the Berklee College of Music here in Boston, uh, Massachusetts. And um, she's, I I guess, reportedly a child prodigy. Um, Came in contact with Chick Corea at the age of 17, and this sort of spawned her love of jazz. And she she is absolutely astonishing. I mean, uh, I'm a big fan of, you know, piano players like Art Tatum and Oscar Peterson and, and... I own multitudinous recordings of of those artists, and watching her perform live, I, I think it it's got to be the next best thing to going back in time and seeing you know Tatum live or, wow, or she's Oscar that good. Peterson at his heyday. She is just 
it's 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 otherworldly. It's otherworldly. Wow. And her her band is fantastic. It's and what's great is she can play like Oscar Peterson. She can play like Art Tatum, but she is very rock and funk influenced. She um you know, she's she's obviously a a, a product of of our time. She's she's young. She's only 29. And she's just, wow, I can't wait to hear what she does in the next... I think I saw something on um, YouTube where she's she's on um, some Japanese television station and kind of soloing on a Nord lead or something, and it it was... Yeah, she plays a Nord lead and an electro. It was quite um, sort of jazz fusion kind of area. You know, I I prefer personally when she plays the piano. Right. Uh, Or when she plays the electro as a Rhodes. But um, she does do some... You know some things on the lead. Uh, it doesn't sound like she gets too deep into the programming, and it does end up sounding, you know, kind of fusiony. But it it works in the context of her band. When you right. See, when you see live, but but her piano chops are just they're just unbelievable. Oh well, that Can't sounds like a good experience. It. I think I've lost the plot. What's happened? <laughs> My daughter's got a dog with a Nord lead. Uh, uh. Oh. oh. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Thank Did you, you see the uh, Nord modular in Lego? No. No, really? that sounds uh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that on the net yesterday. It was great. I've been making electric guitars for my son with Lego. <laughs> and every time I make one, he goes, Daddy, I don't like it, and smashes it up. <laughs> Excellent. He's got a touch of the... Um, Pete Townsend. Guitar. Pete Townsend about him, yeah. Yeah. So, Dave, I think you're the only one who hasn't um, hasn't piped up yet about this one. Uh, what, listen to anything good lately? Yeah. Blimey. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing the new Underworld album, which has been called Oblivion with Bells. Right. Um, but I haven't heard all of that yet. Um, but no, I've gone back in time over the last week or so. I've been exploring the sensational Alex Harvey band recordings. Yeah, I was very friendly with their guitarist years ago, and uh, I got a hold of their book which is quite stunning. They made a lot of money and ended up with very little of it. Um, so no change there. It prompted me to kind of go back and try and find out a load more about them. Okay, well, um, I think we can probably wrap up then if everybody's happy with that. Um, I'd just like to say again, thanks to everybody for joining us. Thank you very much to Dave Spears. Thank you. And uh, Non-Eric from Berlin. Hello, and if you're a German native speaker, come and visit my blog site on www.musotalk.de. Please do. <laughs> thank you, Hans. And uh, PJ Tracy, of course, thank you for coming uh, online so early in the morning once again. Thanks for having me, Nick. And of course, Mark Tinley, thank you um, once again, coming from Line 6 and Intel Reunited. Yep, and it hasn't crashed, has it? Which no, is fantastic. That's a good, so, that's good. Very much. <laughs> Okay, well, we are going to take a break. Uh, next week, I'm going to be interviewing the creator of the Yamaha Tenorion, that sort of amazing instrument that's sort of built on a matrix with all sorts of light shows. Uh, kind of crazy instrument. He's coming over from Japan. Um, I'm not quite sure how it's going to go, so I don't believe he speaks any English, and I don't speak any Japanese, but maybe it'll be a sort of... Music can do the communication, so we look forward to that. Uh, that's actually coming, going to be released sometime in the autumn, so we should have something on that when I get back from holiday, because I'm going to be away for another two weeks. Uh, having the family holiday and I'm not sure if I'm back in time to do the podcast so it's going to be a three to four week break you'll just have to bear with me I hope you can live without us for a little while but uh, have a great summer and we'll see you when we get back in the meantime uh, we had some great messages from uh, last week's podcast and I'm just going to read a few out over the play out 
John Mahoney from Miami says, very enjoyable, but I should have popped open some champers with you. Congrats on reaching the half century. Well, thanks for that, John. And uh, also from Iceland, uh, Magnus B. Skarfednison. I hope I've pronounced that right. It's quite a mouthful. So best regards and thanks for a superb podcast. Harry Raymakers from Australia says, love the podcast. Harry and Joe, also from Australia, said, congratulations on 50 episodes of Sonic Talk. It's a great podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, Matt Williams from Brighton, UK, says, Hello all, congratulations on the 50th episode. I've been listening from the start and I've always enjoyed the show. I haven't got a telly, you see. By the way, Steve Hackett has made some utterly brilliant albums, the early ones. Well, uh, I'm sure he has, and uh, that's in reference to our comments about Steve Hackett from last week. Uh, also, Jeremy Devens from USA, hope I pronounced that right. Thanks, Nick, Dave, Mark, and all you guys for all the great podcasts. Congratulations on reaching episode 50, and cheers to 50 more. I'll second that. You make all the other recording podcasters look like amateurs. Well, that's a very nice thing to say, but I'm pretty sure that's not true. And Saul Stokes from San Francisco, late entry, said, Just a quick note that I, to say that I totally enjoy your weekly podcast. I commute from San Francisco to Oakland via bus every day, and I look forward to whenever a new cast is posted. Great show. Well, thanks, everybody. And remember, folks, if you want to add your voice to the growing list of comments, you can send us an MP3 audio file via sonictalk at sonicstate.com. You can ring us using Skype and leave an answer phone on the Sonic Talk Skype handle. There's an answer phone there. Just leave a message, and we'll MP3 it and add it to the program. Also, we've got two uh, Skype in numbers. We've got one in the US, which is 312-376-8089. And we've got one in the UK, which is 44, if you're outside the UK, 0207-870-8616. Anyway, that's all for now. Thanks for listening. Sonic. States. Not call.